There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. It's not the new me at all. This is the old me that was always inside. I actually nearly died. I thought, how kind of the stranger to actually do something like this. So there's 19 shops empty on Oliver Funk Street alone, Peter, and it'll be number 20. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call 96 FM. Yeah, would you take a look out at that? I mean, I'm sorry, like. I was fully convinced as I sat in here that the breakfast show's still on. Would you look at that, lads? It is what time is it? Six and a half minutes, nearly seven minutes past nine, and it is still dark. It is manky. It is oh for the look. Oh, stop, will you? Look, at least it's only what. This is, we've only got uh, 12 shows left to Christmas on the opinion line. Yeah, I know, 12 shows left to the big day. And would you take one look out of that? God, I'm so sorry for you if you're going out today to do a small bit of Christmas shopping and you're trying to do a bit of Christmas shopping in that. God love and protect you. Oh, stop. This is, uh, mind you, right? I don't know. Ah, we'll have to we we'll have to talk up Christmas. I think a little bit for a while. Play some Christmas songs and do some Christmas planning and and, and think about Christmas. Uh, this weather, by the way, just have a look at it. Um, you know what's out there now. You don't need me to tell you. You can feel it. You can feel it if you're in your bones and your joints. If you've any kind of a arthritis, and that doesn't matter whether you're 18 or 80. If you have arthritis. You know all about it. Let me look at the weather because it's going... Uh, right, the most accurate weather app that I have these days tells us that, well, today is a write-off. Tomorrow isn't much better. Saturday, not too bad. You might get something done Saturday out the back. You might get some lights up out the back. You're putting them out the back. Sunday, you can forget it. Monday, not great. But then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and Saturday of next week... We're back to reasonably low temperatures and nice, bright weather with an awful lot less rain than we're having at the moment. The midsummer day, which is midwinter day rather, the winter solstice, which is the 21st of December. That is uh, two weeks. Is it two weeks today? Two weeks today anyway. 14 days away. I'm going to say something very uh, controversial this morning. Uh, it could lose me friends. I don't care if it does. I like those new Garda baseball caps. Uh, the missus said to me last night over the dinner, she said, what do you think? I think they're awful. I love them. Now, I'm a fella who likes a baseball cap. And in the summertime, I'm a fella who wears a baseball cap. Now and again, but I do. I like those new Garda baseball caps that are being tried out 
uh, in West Cork in particular, they're down in Bantry. Bantry Station has been issued with a load of baseball caps for the guards. Uh, I like them. I do. I do. I, the old flat cap, the guard, the flat cap, I think it just looks 1950s. I'm sorry, but I think it does. It looks old hat, old fashioned, and past it at this stage. I do. I like the new guard, the baseball caps. I'd love to know what you think. 0818 96 96 96. We'll come back to GAA Go as well. Um, later this morning, I'll be talking to uh, Tomás Mull, the great Tomás Mull, and others about the Teddy McCarthy special event, which is happening on Saturday at Parque Cueve. They are recreating the double. The Cork hurlers and footballers will play Galway and Meath in a repeat, a recreation, as it were, of the double of 1990. Uh, it's a special memorial uh, to the great Teddy McCarthy. And in the process of that, I'll take some more of your comments in as well on GAA Go. Like Tammy says, GAA Go is awful. The graphics are shocking. The commentators are boring. I tried to watch a few games last year and just ended up turning it off. So I won't be watching GAA Go this year for the matches. That's that's Tammy. Ah, where else am I going? Oh, we'll come back as well to the bottles, the plastic bottle recycling. A few more comments in on that yesterday. But first, the Christmas Christmas Day is what? Well, this day, this day, three weeks till I'll be past us. Christmas Day is two days, two weeks next Monday. Christmas Eve is two weeks Sunday. When will you start preparing your Christmas dinner? You what, PJ? When will you actually start preparing the Christmas dinner? When will you start peeling the spuds, peeling the carrots, getting the sprouts ready, preparing the gravy? When will you start? Will you start Christmas Eve? Will you start the 23rd? Will you start anywhere at all in or around that time? What about Claire? Claire <laughs> Claire Gillis joins me from the UK and I read about you in the paper, Claire. Claire Gillis, you have everything done. Everything done bar the turkey. Two and a half weeks out. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, I do have, apart from the turkey, the turkey is what I do cook on the day, but all of my sides are in my freezer. Now, there is nothing worse than getting a meal in a restaurant and realising those carrots were frozen a week ago. You can tell a mile away. So how do you avoid that reaction on Christmas Day? Okay, the first thing I think a lot of the times when you can tell they have already been frozen, it's the way that they are cooked or if they are overcooked in the preparation stage. So what I do with my parsnips, my carrots, my potatoes and my Brussels sprouts actually is that I only cook them very, very lightly. So with the potatoes and the carrots and parsnips, they're just parboiled. So they're only cooked for sort of five to eight minutes. So they are just cooked enough to stop them discolouring because often, you know, potatoes are like if you leave them out, they go black. So cook them to that point, drain them, cool them and freeze them. And then on Christmas Day, I will heat up my oil in the oven. So I'll make sure I've got really, really hot oil and then I will cook them from frozen in that. So I won't let them defrost. They will go straight in from frozen and you end up with you know, potatoes and vegetables. You would not know that they had been frozen. Nobody has ever commented. So you're putting frozen veg, frozen spuds and veg into really hot oil. That yep. is dangerous. You need to be careful about doing that. 
you do need to be careful but you know as long as you are standing back from it you're making sure you're not splashed it's the same as when you're cooking you know if you're cooking on the hob and you've got a frying pan with oil in it is you do have to be careful of it you're right hot oil you know it burns it does leave marks on your arms i'm sure everyone's got a few scars from cooking injuries so yeah you do need to be careful and i would recommend wearing an apron because obviously you might be in your christmas finery so you don't (laughs) want to ruin your new clothes with hot oil splashes (laughs) ain't that the truth now you, you say that you only start doing the veg on the day when you've taken the turkey out and it's let it's sitting. Yes. You're supposed to, actually. You're supposed to leave your meat to rest for the same amount of time it cooks for. So officially, that is the official line. I tend to leave mine for about an hour. So I'll put some foil loosely over it and I'll leave it at the side. Yeah. Because the longest the potatoes take the longest so the potatoes take about an hour in the oven because your oven's already hot your turkey's been in there you know for a good couple of hours so you need about an hour but obviously you can leave it to rest for as long as you like now storing them once you have them frozen you're saying put them into bags and label the bags why um i find that bags take up less space in the freezer you can squash them into smaller areas as long as you're using food safe bags. So I use a mixture of I've got some silicon freezer bags that I have bought specifically for the purpose of freezing things. Or I also tend to use old bread bags. So I save my bread bags, rinse them out, you know, hang them out to dry. And then I use those. And I just they are just easier to store. I think we've all got limited freezer space. Sure. A bag you can sort of squish into a corner as opposed to a box which, you know, has a fixed shape. Yeah, like you you do your own gravy and you freeze the gravy. Yeah, I've got these great little containers. They're called soup cubes and they're like giant ice cube trays. They are fantastic. So I've just bought them online, but they're giant ice cubes and you can pour your gravy into those and then you can pop them out and you can put those into bags as well. So you have like giant cubes of gravy, which you can just defrost and reheat on the day and add to obviously all your juices from your turkey to it. When did you start doing this, Claire? And more importantly, why? When I first got together with my now husband and we had a very, very small kitchen, but I really wanted to entertain since before we had children, but we had around here, you know, my parents and his parents and my siblings. And I had such a small kitchen that I didn't have enough space to cook dinner for that many people. Mm. And so I decided that it would be easier if I had all of the prep, because when you're prepping, it's, it is the time, but it's also all of the saucepans and all of the you know paraphernalia that comes with that prep. And my kitchen was so small, I didn't have the space to have, you know, all of the saucepans and all of the you know knives and everything else that I was using. So I started prepping and I just started with the potatoes, actually, and the carrots and parsnips. And then over the years, you know, we've now got a kitchen. I have got space now, mm. but it just makes my life so much easier. Now I've got children. It means Christmas morning. I'm not prepping, I'm not peeling, I'm not chopping. Mm, it's all done. I can you know, have a nice breakfast with the family, we can open presents, we can go for a dog walk, you know, we can play any new board games that have been you know, brought. And so for me, it means that Christmas Day is my day as well. I get to enjoy it as much as everybody else. Mm. Now, this isn't just something that you randomly started doing. Helping people to plan meals is your business, Claire. It's what you do. It is, yeah. I'm I'm a primary school teacher as well, so I do teach a couple of days a week. But then on my other days when I'm at home, I do. I have a 
a business, so it's called Delicious and Real, and I I want to show everybody that cooking from scratch is easy and achievable, even for, you know, when you work full time, even when you've got those busy schedules when, you know, I know what it's like, you know, after school with the children, they come home and they've got this to get to and that to get to, and you've got, you know, this really long list of things to do. I wanted to show people that with a little bit of preparation and organisation, we can all eat simple home-cooked meals every night of the week. Mm-hmm. And good quality food doesn't necessarily have to be all that expensive. No. And that's another thing that, you know, and are all complicated. See, it doesn't have to be expensive and it doesn't have to be complicated. Sometimes the you know, the best meals are those ones with the fewest ingredients that are cooked simply. We don't need to have, you know, 500 ingredients and, you know, hours of preparation. It's those simple meals that come from really, that's where the real comes from, actually, in the name of my business. It's those real ingredients, you know, using real food that real people want to eat. Mm. You're talking to a man here who loves his food, but my own, <laughs> the only boast I can make about my cooking is I don't think I've ever killed anybody. So, 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 <laughs> so, 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 so I'm not a cook, right? But you believe that even someone like me, who struggles around a cooker, can produce a perfectly good meal with simple ingredients. I think that everybody is a cook and I've um, I've recently done some online courses. So I've recorded loads of videos like tutorials and I've got the recipes that go with them and they're aimed at teenagers. So they're aimed at you know, people age probably sort of 15, 16 up to university age. And if they can cook them, anybody can. So it's about the simplicity. It's about you know having simple instructions. I've I've read recipes. I've Googled a recipe you know, on the Internet like we all do. And you start cooking it and you're like, this doesn't make sense. I, so I wanted recipes that were real recipes that I had cooked in my kitchen, that my family had eaten and that I knew worked. And I've now got, so on my website, I think I've currently got about 420 recipes mm-hmm. and they all work because I have cooked them and lots of other people have cooked them. And I said, my, children, my one of my children, so my daughter cooks for the family once a week. She's 16. So she can pick up a recipe and she can cook from it. So you can do it as well. Anybody, if she can do it, anybody can do it. <laughs> Delicious and real. And is that where we'll find you out on the web as well, yeah? Yes, so I'm on the web and I'm also um, I'm on social media as well. So I'm on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok. And I'm called the same thing on all of them. So I'm very easy to find. And all of my Christmas meal prep, I've got all of the videos um, are on my social media. So if people want to have a look at what I've been doing, they can go and have a look. And all of the recipes are on there as well. So you've got everything ready. All you've got to do now is get up on Christmas morning and put the turkey in the oven. That is all I've got to do. I know. (laughs) So I am feeling very, although I do still need to obviously finish my Christmas shopping and wrap my Christmas presents. I haven't quite got to that stage of organisation yet. I'm organised in the kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, this time, this time, just about. Listen, wish you a happy Christmas when it comes around and thank you. Thank you, Angie. Thank you very much. Could you, could you match that? Could you do that? Thank you, Claire. Claire Gillis. Uh, Now, look. Cooking is her business and preparing food and meals is her business. But she's got her entire Christmas dinner, bar the turkey, bar the turkey, uh, made and cooked and frozen and away. And she's sorted, eh? Do you do that? Have you ever tried that? Would you be interested in trying that? Who does the cooking in your house? Is there always a fight? Oh eight one eight ninety six. 9696, drop us a text to WhatsApp. What level of preparation are you at right now? I love these people, by the way. 
and I say this every year, these people, oh, I have it all done now. I'm done. I'm done. I can relax. <laughs> no, you're not. No, you haven't. No, you can't. You'll be the very, the people who say to you on the 7th or 8th of December, I'm done now. I'm all, I have everything done now. <laughs> They'll be the ones running around at four o'clock on the 23rd going, I forgot something, but they will promise you. How prepared are you for Christmas? We're try, we try every year to be a bit more prepared than we were the year before. This year with the Christmas lights, it's like a project with me. We do four Christmas trees, I know, four Christmas trees, and a load of lights on the back and the front. So the, there's two trees up now. There's the back garden lights are done. We still have to do the deck. That'll be for when the weather is dry again. Still have to do the front of the house and the big Christmas tree. They'll all be done in kind of bits over the next couple of weeks. And I guarantee you, I will still be coursing around the house on the 22nd of December going, I wish to goodness I'd done that two weeks ago. How prepared are you? Is it possible to prepare? Is it possible to be ready? Um, and do you ever... Are you, are you someone who can now say, I'm done, I'm ready, I'm finished, and really not worry about anything except making sure there's enough milk in the fridge? Milk in the fridge and toys under the tree. How would we manage you for 500 euro worth of toys? Our 10k toy giveaway continues. And we have a password for you today. The password is stocking. Stocking is the password. You know the drill. We've had a couple of winners on the show now at this stage. They go forward to Izzy. Izzy makes the draw after six. We've still got loads of giveaways, loads of sprees. And we do one place in the draw after 11 o'clock today. If we call you back, you're in the draw to win after six. Two shopping sprees every day. The Cork 96 of M 10K toy giveaway with your local credit union. Helping you have a wonderful Christmas only on Cork's 96 FM. Today's password, write it down, keep it safe, do whatever you do with these things these days. It is stocking. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cork's 96 FM. We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96 FM. Merry Christmas. With your local maze. Great value deals for family and friends this Christmas. They can call me. Wayne Hilton. Wayne Hilton. On Cork's 96 FM. Join me Saturday mornings from 10. I've got four hours of the best music mix. Check out the Cork Weekend Survey. Have a go at the Wayne Teaser question. There's the latest celebrity goss. A look at what's happening around town. And we'll keep you up to date with all your essential Cork news. Wayne Hilton. Saturdays, 10 a.m. With Newmarket Motors for the Volkswagen ID Buzz. Fully electric, fully connected and full of new ideas. NewmarketVolkswagen.ie On Cork's 96FM. It would be remiss of me not to mention and to send uh, my sympathies and the sympathies of the team, not just here on the show, but across the 96FM family to everybody at Tony's Bistro. Tony's Bistro has been feeding us for years. It has been feeding Cork since forever and thousands of us have flocked in there for breakfast and it's almost a, a tradition to go in there at some stage in the month of December for your breakfast and if you're in for a day's shopping I know myself a day's Christmas shopping in the city is not started properly without dropping into Tony's 
for the bite of breakfast. So it was very great sadness yesterday. We read this message on their Facebook page. James O'Connor, our amazing brother, our legendary chef, super dad, husband and friend to all. James was celebrating his 40th birthday and he planned to do it by reaching the summit of Kilimanjaro on the 5th of December. He was travelling with his best friend, Alan. All was well. They were they prepared for months and gotten all ready for the big day. Everyone looking forward to it. Everything was going according to schedule. But just a few hundred feet from the summit of Kilimanjaro, I can barely believe I'm reading this, just a few hundred feet from the summit of Kilimanjaro, James suffered a massive heart attack and passed away. What an awful tragedy on his 40th birthday as he headed towards the summit of Kilimanjaro, the target he'd set for himself to celebrate his 40th birthday. As you can appreciate, Tony's is closed, was closed yesterday and I believe is still closed today and indeed will be for a day or two more. Um, But our thoughts with them our thoughts with the entire Tony's Bistro family and uh, staff and everybody associated with a fine Cork establishment. And our thoughts with you all on the passing of James. What more can you say? What more can you say? 0818 96 96 96. Now, credit unions have been getting into things like home improvement loans, long-term home improvement loans, for a while now. And they've been doing really well in, in that space. And, and some of them have begun to do mortgages as well. But now I'm reading in The Independent where the credit unions as a unit nationally could start to offer mortgages in a way that would be a real threat for the banks and might force the banks to treat people a little bit better. Charlie Weston, personal finance editor with The Independent, joins me. Charlie, a lot of credit unions are doing mortgages now, the bigger ones especially. But this would be what? A national credit union mortgage brand? Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Yeah, th- this would be a, na- yeah, a national brand where they'd have a national interest rate. So you'd know exactly you know what, you, what you're getting because at the moment each credit union is different. Some of them offer mortgages some of them don't there's about 200 active credit unions in the country half of them offer mortgages there's a legislative change which is just about to be signed by the president which will mean that uh, if your credit union doesn't offer a mortgage because it can't it's too small maybe they can refer you on to a neighboring credit union and credit unions can come together and set up a, a kind of a, a what they call a um a cusop a, a, a credit union cooperative if you like okay. where they will be able to offer you know uh, come together and have the put it all together and offer it on a national basis they're already doing very well in, in those that are offering uh, mortgages because their rates are knocking the socks off the banks that you can get them you can get a credit union mortgage for as low as 2.95 percent <laughs> now most banks are, are charging you four percent or more uh, so you know that's all very already very very good but 
they, they you know they have ambitious plans to grow in this area and it, it's badly needed because something like 93% of the mortgages issued in the market at the moment are issued by the big three AIB Bank of Ireland and Permanent TSB the kind of non-bank lenders that came in there and you know lit up the market for a while they're out of the scene at the moment because interest rates are high and they can't afford to mm-hmm. offer decent rates so it's controlled by the banks so we desperately need some competition and it could come from our credit unions and they have ambitious plans to get together to form um, you know uh, a centralised uh, new kind of uh, operation that would offer national interest rates and a national brand and uh, no matter wh- wh- where your credit union is whether it offers a mortgage or not you'd be able to get one uh, credit mm-hmm. union mortgage so it's quite an exciting development for the credit unions and it would put a bit of manners on the on the banks they've already done 500 million euros in in, in mortgages last year it's up 52 percent so you know it's a growing space for the credit mm-hmm. unions and they want to have mortgages as a core offering for them because it's the future really you know in order for, to for borrow the, from a credit union you need to have money there and you need to be a member of that credit union uh, which would encourage more people to join, I suppose, if you want a mortgage. But if you want a mortgage of 300,000 through your credit union, you are, if you want a mortgage of 300,000, you now need to have 30 or 40,000 saved, don't you? No, it's not that that rule is gone a long time now. People always, that's an old rule where you have to have a certain amount of savings backing any loans. And that rule is long gone. Now you're judged on the same criteria as anybody who goes into a bank. So ability to pay four four times, you can borrow up to four times your income uh, under certain rules around the loan to value. But it's about ability to pay. If you can pay the mortgage, you you know, becoming a member of a credit union, if it's in your area, so if it's covered, what's called the, the you know the the, the local bond, uh, community bond, you 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 know you're living in the area. That means you can join a credit union in your area or in your job. You may have a works credit union, so if, it's easy enough to join one. And then it's the same as applying for a mortgage through a bank. It's just that your credit unions are offering better rates. They're they're owned by their members. They tend to be more flexible. So, you know, they're quite good from that point of view. Mm-hmm. There's only one downside of a, of a credit union mortgage for first-time buyers at the moment. You can't access yet this first home scheme. This, this is the scheme where if you're struggling to raise this sufficient amount of money, the government, <coughs> excuse me, could take a stake in your home. And it's quite useful for some people, you know, uh, or others just don't like the idea at all. But it, it, it um, until the credit union set up a centralised unit, they, they're not going to be members of that because first home don't want to be dealing with 200 different credit unions. So once there's one centralised brand, which will happen probably next year, uh, you know, that that'll follow as well. So mm-hmm. you know, I think the credit unions, it's, it's not going to happen immediately, but you know, they could become a, a factor in 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 the mortgage space. The other good news is there's another new lender starting to get going. It's called Moco. It's backed by an Austrian bank in this market. And so that could provide a bit of competition because we desperately, desperately need the banks to sit up and take a bit of notice and, and have a bit of competition. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, it's got easy for them with KBC and Ulster Bank on there. The big two in particular and permanent TSB behind them, uh, are, 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 they control the market. They have too much power. So it'd be good if the credit unions could put a bit of competitive uh, pressure on them yeah. And this new lender starts ramping up in time as well. Yeah. A cynical say a bank always wins. And someone who doesn't understand how a credit union works will say, well, they always have to win too. How are they going to win being so significantly lower in interest rates? 
it's because of a very different model for raising money. They don't need to go out into the markets to raise money as the non-bank lenders do or go to the European Central Bank as the banks have to do. And European Central Bank rates, as we know, are very high. They've gone up 10 times. They, yeah. The refinancing rate, as they call it, is 4.5%. Credit unions are awash with money. They use member savings. They have something like 16 billion euros, 16 billion euros in member savings. How much? You know, so, uh, 16 billion euros, PJ. They are not short of money. They are awash with money. The only thing that could, would hold them back is there are restrictions on the amount of mortgage lending they can do, and they tend to have to go to the central bank for permission to you know, to, to step up to the next level to lend more uh, of their loan book or of their assets because, you know, the, the, the central bank wants to make sure they're up to doing the job. So they're carefully, carefully regulated. But yeah, they are, they have funds. Uh, they don't need to go into the market. This is why they can offer rates which are, you know, would just blow the, they blow the door off all the others. You know, they're yeah. really good rates. They, well, if at 16 billion in combined savings around the country from their members, you're reporting that they could issue a billion worth over the next seven years. Like, that's a fraction of their wealth. Oh, they could even issue even more, I think, PJ. You know, I mean, I think I'm being very conservative there now, and correct myself, really, because they've already done half a billion last year. Wow. Uh, you know, they could, you know, so it's really happening. People are realizing, oh, the credit union is an option. It's not just for first-time buyers. It's for switchers or people you know, stuck on a tracker rate or, or, or coming near the end of a mortgage, but prefer to see it in their local credit union. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and, and they're getting they're getting tech savvy as well. They're all off, they all offer, offer apps and online banking, etc. So, yeah, there's real potential for the credit unions here to build up a big share of the market. They'll never be huge in the market because um you know the way they're structured you know they're you know individual even the big credit unions are are small in compared with the size of say AIB mm-hmm. so there will be certain restrictions on the amount of mortgage lending they can do but i still think across the country they could you know eventually become a competitive threat to the banks and that's what we want to see because it keep manners on our banks and is asking the question are their deposits protected the same way the banks are Exactly the same way. Exactly the same way. All deposits are covered by the the scheme, the deposit guarantee scheme, which is administered by the regulator, the central bank, and you are protected up to a hundred thousand euros per depositor, uh, you know, per account. Mm-hmm. So that applies. That scheme applies to the banks. It was brought in in the wake of the Anglo collapse and uh, Irish nationwide's problems and all of that. Um, so it applies to the banks and it applies equally to the credit unions as well. So mm-hmm. your deposits are are protected. You know, you never put more than hundred thousand euros if you're lucky enough to have that in Indeed. any one institution because that's that's the limit of your protection. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and that covers that's across Europe as well. There's a European scheme which is pretty similar. So you know, anything up to hundred thousand euros across Europe is, mm-hmm. is protected, whether it's credit union or a bank. Cop- couple of things coming in. Uh, Charlie, here's one that applies to myself, for example, after many years on a tracker and, and I was loath to part with it. I, I did. And I, I locked into my lender for, for three years there earlier this year and that I did when I saw the interest rates. But will, will they be able to offer like long term fixed in the credit union? Yeah, at the moment, they have some fixed, three years, but I mean, I think they will be bringing in more longer-term fix. And remember as well... Like they do a home improvement, some of them do a home improvement scheme now where you can get something like 4.5 for 10 years. Yeah, you know, different credit unions have different offerings and they they are very innovative. And, um, you know, the fixed rates are going to become a feature. But remember with credit union, the, the, people are kind of scared at the idea of a variable rate. 
Now, it works differently with credit unions. They don't tend to change their variable rates. Very, very, very seldom Mm -hmm. does their variable rates change. So, you know, it's not like they're like banks that are constantly making announcements about rate rises. I, you know, credit unions never change their rates because they're so flush with with, with member savings. They're flush with cash. They don't need to be going out to the market to raise money. They don't need to go to the European Central Bank to get money. So, you know, you can be pretty sure the rates are not going to change. But yeah, a lot of them have fixed rates, three years and five years. A lot of them are three, 3%, or three years rather. Um, so, you know, um, but you know, if they bring out national products as well, they'll streamline all of that, mm. uh, which is what they're planning to do ne- in next year and, uh, and and as we go forward. Ken wants to know, could existing mortgages be switched to the credit union? Yes. Yes, and a lot of people are doing that. You know, they're taking tracker rates or they, they're near the end of the, the mar- their, their, their mortgage and they're on a variable rate. They're paying too much. They go to their credit union, they switch it. Yeah, the credit unions are open to that. You know, everything, the usual rules apply, though. You have to meet the criteria, obviously. You know, I mean, that applies across the, wherever you're borrowing yeah. money for a, a home. Uh, you have to meet the criteria. But they can be flexible. They're actually also, some of them, open to taking people for, who are with vulture funds. I mean, if you've been meeting your repayments, even though you had difficulties in the past and your mortgage was sold to a vulture fund, if you've been okay for the last two years, they will uh, consider taking you on yeah. as well. So, yeah, switching is a big thing. A lot of the mortgages that they do are switching in the last few years, but last year now it's particularly it's first-time buyer mortgages. But, yeah, switching is definitely open to credit union members. Okay. Charlie, thank you. We'll talk again about this because it's an exciting time that the credit unions are getting into uh, mortgages. Some of them are already, but if they're going to do it on a national basis, that will be a game-changer. Charlie Weston, personal finance editor for the Irish Independent. That is... A colossal figure, though, that he gave me. The credit unions of Ireland, of which I'm a proud member of my own, in fact, I'm a proud member of two, but I'm a proud member of my own credit union, thanks to my, my dad, God be good to him, uh, I'm entitled to lifelong membership of the Garda Credit Union. Um, and I am members of, I'm a member of Douglas as well and have been for a few years. But uh, between all of them, the credit unions of Ireland have 16 billion euro. 16,000 million euro in savings and deposits. Wowzers. 0818969696. Would you look out? My giving out about them. My giving out about the weather. The morning seems to be clearing up. Thanks be to goodness. With the Queen of Christmas, but I'm a bit cross with her at the moment. I think a lot of people are a bit cross, a bit cross with her. And um, Pogues fans are a bit cross with her, and they're a bit cross with Wham as well, because it looks as if uh, her other song, All I Want for Christmas Is You, and Wham's Last Christmas could once again keep Fairy Tale of New York off the number one spot. I'll tell you more about that a little bit later on, but it's in the sun this morning. Ken Sweeney has a good piece on how the charts are compiled, and because of the way the charts are compiled, Unfortunately, the chances of Fairy Tale of New York getting to be the Christmas number one are fading. It did hit the top spot in the pre-chart chart of the last few days. It did make it to number one in the last couple of days, but the chances of actually cutting it for Christmas and being the Christmas number one for Fairy Tale of New York are uh, are slim now. Unfortunately, both in the UK and here, I'll, I'll give you more from that uh, during the morning, but. Mariah Carey, 
is one of the people keeping poor old Shane off the top. But that having been said, Santa Claus is coming to town and Magical Blarney is where Cork's favourite Santa experience takes place in Blarney Woollen Mills. And we've another chance for you to win a €250 voucher today from Blarney Woollen Mills so you can go see their cosy Christmas cafe and their shopping complex all for yourself. €250 a day. Now this is tough, but you've got to earn your cheese here. We've got a bit of a song, we have a bit of movie, and we have a Christmas sound effect. I'll play it a few times for you. Oh, there she is. That's an easy one. You are a very beautiful young lady. What the hell? That sounds like my wife waking me Christmas morning. The last one there. Let's play Let's play it again. Easy. Ah, the very gorgeous beautiful gorgeous fellow lady. That's definitely herself waking me Christmas morning. Tell me what tell me what they are. Text to WhatsApp your answers to 083 396-9696. I'll let you hear him again later. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cork's 96 FM. The Cork Diary. On Cork's 96 FM. The Friends of the South Infirmary Victoria University Hospital present a Christmas celebration. Featuring the Cork Garda Choir, the Cork Prison Officers Choir and and more. The concert takes place on Sunday the 10th of December at 7pm at St. Finbar's Church on Dunbar Street. If you have an event you would like mentioned, email corkdiary at 96fm.ie The Cork Diary on Cork's 96FM. I had wants to know why do the credit union cap savings at a max of 20,000? I know there's something about that, Pat. I'm not entirely certain of the reasons for it, uh, so therefore I won't comment. Somebody might know. A couple of people putting their Christmas dinner aside. Maeve says, I ordered our dinner in Bandon Road Duns. Oh, the posh Duns. The posh Duns, as people call it. It'll be all cooked. I just have to reheat it. It's my first year trying this uh, to get rid of the stress of cooking. It was just too much last year. Uh, pot. Do you ever know people call it that? The posh Duns. 0818969696. Now, GAA Go, if plans. Uh, for GA Go are, if they're not changed, then I don't think they will be, we won't be able to see Cork versus Waterford in the hurling, Cork versus Limerick in the hurling, or Cork versus Clare in the hurling, unless we're willing to shell out for GAA Go in the new year. And also, assuming that Cork gets to play Kerry in the football, uh, we won't be able to see that either. That'll be behind a paywall. GA go very controversial once again. Now, originally it was set up for people overseas to pay to see the matches, but even over there, <laughs> overseas is not doing too too hectic. Uh, Patricia from L- hello there, Hi, how are you? It's been a while. <laughs> I'm fine. How are you? Very, very good. Do you use? I know you're 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 big fans over there. Um, your your husband uh, is he a carry man? Yes, Kalani. That's that's okay. That's, I I just wanted to get that out of the way. We don't hold it against him, obviously. <laughs> um, but 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 GAA go. Does it work for you? It's rubbish. It's it? it's horrible. It's the people when you, when you watch it, the people on the pitch. You know, like they've copied the 
rugby, haven't they? They're all down on the pitch. And they're good. They're good. And then you go and you you watch the game and it looks like your, your neighbour is down the local park with a camcorder. Oh, really? The commentary, oh, it's horrible. And the commentary is awful. It's, yeah, so it's no from here. Yeah. He goes to the pub and watches it up there. And I listen to Tim and Ambrose. Tim and Ambrose? You can't. Yeah, Radio Kerry. Of course, I, of course. Yeah, you were you. Can't you, you yes, you, Weeshi, the late great Weeshi was oh, a was a pal of mine. I was wondering for a second who you meant. Yeah, um, I, but the, the original plan for GAA Go was that people like you could watch the games. But you're saying it's just not no. it's not up to scratch. No, it's horrible. Um, I think they put Kerry Dublin behind the paywall as well. In January. Oh, yeah, yeah. But um, we can watch some of them on BBC iPlayer, like BBC Northern Ireland. You just change location. Yeah. So you can get them on your regular telly. And they are very good. Whoever's presenting that and the commentary on that one is very good. Yeah, yeah. We can, you can do the same with Sky here. You can, you can go and find BBC Northern Ireland and you get some of them there. Mm. But, but yeah, you, but it's it's not worth it. And for what I think it was sixty. What did you say? Sixty nine quid. Sixty nine euro. Yeah, mm. that's a special offer. But then if you don't buy the I whole thought, season, it's like twelve quid a game. That's not going to work. Is it? I mean, why wouldn't they just put them all on RTE? Make RTE a pay per view for people that aren't in Ireland. You know, like they do with the iPlayer, and yeah. then you can, you know, you'd have more people subscribe to like a pay per view, yeah. like ten quid, fifteen quid a That's game, right. or yeah. If you put put them on the RTE player, and if you want to, if you want to watch it, you pay for the RTE player and whatever. And and if you don't, yeah. And I do wonder though, because if it's sixty nine pounds or sixty nine euros for somebody in their home, what are publicans paying? Yeah, that's another question. And as well as that, the yeah. te- technically it's quite difficult to use, um, to put on, for example, in a club, to put it on the big screen in a club. Because I remember being at a pub last year and one of the great matches was on and I asked the guy behind the bar, I said, is there any chance of putting on the match? He said, if you can figure this damn thing out, you're a better man than me. A really Wi-Fi issues. Yeah, and you have to take it on a tablet and you have to... Cast it to the television. Nothing's easy. No, you no. don't. You download the app. You download the app onto your internet TV, well, and then you you download the app on your internet TV, and then you have to get your phone and you have to see? do all your payment thing on your telephone, yeah. and then you just do the see? QR code. It's, it's it's the same as Disney. You have to do that with Disney as well. <laughs> you know. See what so I mean? It's 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 too I'm it's too complicated, Trish. It's too complicated. It's not. You press the button, but it's not worth it. I would, yeah, yeah. I think they have shot themselves in the foot and putting Kerry Dublin. I mean, if I had the mind to listen to Radio Kerry, they must be going berserk. <laughs> Come here. Are you ready for the Christmas? Oh, we're going away. You're going away? Where are you headed? Yeah, we're going up north, up to our friends up north. We were going to go to Tenerife, mm. but they wanted £3,200 for a week half board. That's pricey. By the way, with regard yes. to Radio Kerry, we do have a superior 
commentary team on C103. They are just as passionate. They are just as passionate. But um, I love when Ambrose loses it. I just. It's true. You should hear John Cashman lose it. It doesn't happen so often, but it's colourful. And poor old Finney Mac nearly fun. C103. Where's your brown envelope? <laughs> oh, I saw so that. Hilarious. I've I heard love that. It. I've heard that. Trish, I need to go no reason other than time, as they say in the business. Happy Christmas to you and the family. That's Trish in London, regular listener to the show and to many other radio stations as well around the country. Husband from Kerry, we'll forgive her that. 0818969696. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Coach 96 FM. The minds are live. Join the conversation. Call 0818 969696. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 9696. As the Time Person of the Year, the Time Magazine Person of the Year. I note that during the year, Swifty became the first billionaire solely out of music. Other people have made money, other musicians have made money and become billionaires, but she's solely out of music. I think, wasn't Rihanna a billionaire a few years ago, but Rihanna's got lots of other irons in the fire but with Taylor Swift it's purely through music and she's named and for that and other things she's been named as the 2023 Time Magazine Person of the Year which is a very austere award which has been awarded over the years to 23 for 14 US presidents um, three popes a lot of inventors, business people, Jeff Bezos, for example, Queen Elizabeth was named as Time Person of the Year, Pope John Paul, Charles de Gaulle, he of the airport fame in Paris, of course he was a politician, Franklin Roosevelt, the astronauts of Apollo 8 were named as Time People of the Year. Uh, the first ever was Charles Lindbergh, um, aviation kingpin. But uh, Taylor Swift joins that list as Time Person of the Year 2023, which it's an interesting announcement, isn't it? It really is. 0818 96 96 96, the number, the text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96 the email is opinion at 96fm.ie. Another story that I heard yesterday was of the post office in Crosshaven and I'll be very honest, I didn't realise that Crosshaven still had a post office on its own. So many small post offices have closed or amalgamated into big ones over the last while. And according to what I was reading, the post office in Crosshaven is likely to close on the 29th December and everything will move. All services will move up the road into Carrigaline. And a campaign has started locally now to push for a rethink. Uh, Councillor Audrey Buckley's in support of that. Before I get to the post office, Audrey, you've just come from that new Aldi in in Carrigaline, <laughs> a big operation. Good morning. 
Yes. Good morning, PJ. Thanks for having me on. Um, yes, I did. Um, I, I, I did. Lucky I didn't have a trolley with me <laughs> because, uh, yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, it's a, a beautiful new shop in, in Cargilline and uh, well done to them. Um, they've done a gorgeous job with it. Um, a bit of competition is good. So, um, you know, we're, we're delighted to see them there. You mentioned the 30 jobs or something created. Always, always welcome. Come to me about this yes. post office in Crosshaven. Where, where is is it? Is it in the super value? <laughs> So the post office previous um, years, it was over by the Crosshaven Pharmacy, by the centre, Crosshaven Centre there. Um, And then uh, about uh, six, seven years ago, um, space was tight and it actually moved. uh, We had somebody new had taken over the post office. It could probably about seven, eight years ago. And uh, unfortunately, the space that was only available was over near um, the entrance to Crosshaven there by the the Orr, the Drake, that, oh, yeah. that side of the village. So the parking wasn't the best. And I can understand that because I know you, you visit Crosshaven um, quite a bit. And I can understand that when you drive in, you wouldn't probably notice it because now with the new one way system, mm-hmm. it's on the right, you know, on the higher road up. Yeah. So I can see where you would miss actually. it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it's quite tight there. As I said, it wasn't ideally located definitely for parking and for the older population, you know, too. So there would have been, um, you know, complications alone with that. But that being said, um, you know, we have we have a, a lot of older people living in Crosshaven, um, an aging population. Um, these services need to be retained. Um, to be fair, it's only when when this happened, when I found out about it Thursday night on Friday, when I did a bit of research. Research and I had to uh, get onto Minister McGrath's office to find uh, contact from Post, etc. Um, I, I realised that I think 170 post offices have closed since mm-hmm. 2018. That's a lot right. of them rural post offices, uh, and I just think um, this is crazy. Um, it's a it's the social outlet for a lot of older people. Um, it's it's independence, them going and collecting their pension, um, socialising, meeting people, a reason to get up and get out of the house. Um, and uh, we need to retain these services. Uh, and it's only when you're losing it you realise how important. It is um, yeah. to have a post office in a village, especially the rural communities that are are it makes you more is making me more isolated. You know, yeah, because they they are a franchise, aren't they? They're not operated directly by own post. You have a no. local contractor exactly. to operate them, and when that contract runs out, the person has to consider whether they'll renew. Yes. Yes. And now the, the, the lady um, that's running um, the Crosshaven Post Office is retiring. Um, she's had a great, she's, you know, ha- has held a great service there in the area. She s- sells cards there. Like she helps us every year, you know, the community with our calendars selling them for us. And, you know, so it's a great community and it's a great notice board. You go in there and you see, you know, signs, you meet people that you necessarily wouldn't meet out and about. Um, so it's a great, great social scene as well. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so it'll be a huge loss, and unfortunately, the is there something that can be stopped? Is, sorry, pardon. Is the closure something that can be stopped? Would there be another contractor willing to take it over? Do you think? 
So on post, um, when I spoke to on post, I spoke to a very nice man in on post who is very helpful. Um, he did say that they are looking for someone. And if I had heard, if I hear of anybody looking that might potentially be interested, which to be fair, since I put it up on my social media page, I'd say about seven interested people. And I've given him, uh, I've given them on post's number, um, but it's up to them to, to, to go further. And of course, if there's anything that we can do in the community mm. to, to help to save it. But as on post said it's it's not a viable business anymore you get a stipend you get say i don't know 30 35000 a year okay? okay and you have to pay your rent and your staff out of that then every time somebody comes in and buys something or, or, or does a process you get a stipend Okay. But as we know, um, how many of us pay our bills online? You know, our dog licenses, yeah. TV licenses and all of that. Um, so there is a loss. So as and Paul said, you'd really need to run it nowadays with another viable business. Mm-hmm. So you would have to incorporate it into another business. Which is why so many of them have gone into the back of supermarkets and stuff, haven't they? Yes. Um, we had it in a supermarket here um, in uh, they trialed it for about a year or two and uh, people like you would have people queuing in the bread aisle looking to get maybe their pension or if they're collecting their dole or disability yeah. benefits and, and that's not nice either you know people queuing to pick up things and and you know you're, mm-hmm. you're queuing in the bread aisle you know so this unfortunately our store here in Crosshaven isn't big enough yeah. um, to, to take it on um, now in saying that I, I'm hoping that somebody will step in and uh, incorporate into their business. I mean, that's what we're looking for right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, you it, know, it's very important to retain these yeah. services, and it, it's 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 a national issue. You know, it's not just us; it's a national issue. But you're saying there is interest. Interest is being expressed yeah. by individuals, and yeah, I might be able to do that. Yeah, exactly. Um, but as and and they'll work with them post, and hopefully they can retain it and incorporate another business into it because. Uh, as it stands, our post offices are losing money and that's why people aren't taking them on. I see. All right, Audrey, we'll see where it goes over the Christmas period. Uh, 29th December is when the existing post office in Crosshaven is scheduled to close for the last time. But it would seem that there's interest locally in maybe looking at it. As Audrey said, it would probably need to be part of another business to be viable and you put it in somewhere else put it into a another business but could just is it possible to save uh, Cross Savings Post Office unfortunately in my own experience watching these kind of stories over the years generally once it goes it goes generally once the person is finished with it they're finished with it and intends to move and Carrigline much bigger place much bigger footfall much bigger stipend or commission as they call it. We'll see. We'll see. Crosshaven Post Office scheduled to close 29th of December. But there's interest, according to Councillor Audrey Buckley, which is worth watching. 0818 96 96 96. Timmy was on. We were talking to Claire Gillies earlier, and we'll put this one up on podcast. Claire's in the UK. Now, she runs a food prep business and a food planning business. So she's not exactly an amateur here. But Claire Gillis has got her entire Christmas dinner ready, cooked and frozen, ready to be done on Christmas morning. All she has to actually cook from scratch is the turkey. And you'll be able to hear that on podcast. We're just asking people about their plans. Maeve was saying 
that the posh duns out in Bandon Road will do your whole Christmas dinner for you. You just collect it and reheat it. She's going to try that this year. And then, I do, Timmy, I have no idea what this thing is. I would strongly suggest, if you're having a crowd over Christmas Day, get an electric food bambari... Oh, ba- oh banmarie! Ah, now I know what you mean. Not a bambarie. A banmarie. It's a game changer. If you have it hot before you put the food in. Takes the stress out of cooking. A banmarie. Yeah. A banmarie is that thing you see in delis. It has water in it. And it keeps the food warm. So you can get one of them for home. Thanks to... Banbury? Banmarie. Thanks, Timmy. 0818-969696. It's a strange name for an item, actually. It's something that keeps food warm in the deli or in the kitchen or in your living room, as Timmy has found. Banmarie is Mary's bath. Like, why would that be attractive as a place to store food? Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Quartz 96 FM. The Big Drive Home. With Izzy Showbizzy. On Courts 96 FM. Join me weekdays from 4 p.m., where we'll be playing more of your favourite tunes, especially if they're Christmassy. Hi, I see when you play the Fairy Tales of New York. I love the Fairy Tales of New York. And we'll be getting more winners for our 10K toy giveaway. You bagged yourself a 500 euro to the top Thank you so much. <laughs> you made my month, never mind my Tuesday. Thanks so much. Plus, I'll have all of the latest I'm a Celebrity news. Join me weekdays from 4pm. The Big Drive Home. With Clonakilty Food Company. Spikeball, tacos, pizza. Clonakilty Black Pudding is the making of any meal. So go on, be a rebel. Cooks 96 FM. 96 FM. GAA Go. And I'll ask one or two of the greats of the game after 11 uh, what they think of GAA Go will be mentioning and talking about the te- uh, the Teddy McCarthy event that is on on Saturday. It's a fabulous occasion at Parky Cueve. They're recreating the double of 1990. Uh, Cork senior footballers and hurlers will play uh, Meath and Galway and... It's a, re- a recreation of the double of 1990, but it's to, to remember uh, the late, great Teddy McCarthy, the only man ever to have won uh, two All-Irelands in two weeks, as as one man quite brightly said one time. He's the only guy to have won hurling a football senior in the same year. And there's no doubt now, but nobody will ever do it again. And of course, we lost our Teddy uh, suddenly early in the year, so we'll be chatting about that after 11, and then we'll be asking some of the greats of the game what they think of GAA Go. This message here says, just go to the pub and watch the match. Problem solved. Maybe not, you see. Maybe not. Because I know a lot of pubs, anecdotally at least, had a problem last year with GAA Go. It just isn't, it's technically clunky, was what they said. Now, maybe it's been improved, maybe, just like Patricia was saying there, you just download the app onto a smart TV and and use that. Um, but it, it's it's clunky. So we'll see. GAO, GAA go not popular. And bear in mind, if they get there, if, they, if their plans go according to plan, we won't see Cork versus Waterford, Cork versus Clare, or Cork versus Limerick, 
in the Munster Hurling Championship next year unless you were prepared to pay for it. And uh, should Cork go through the first round of the football and be paying, playing Kerry in the semis, or is it semis? Yeah, semis. Uh, we won't be able to see that unless you're prepared to shell out more dosh for it. Just a couple of, on the recycling, we were talking about this yesterday. Chris Moody, for the Blackpool River uh, activists there, was saying that this new proposed tax on, and that is what it is, it's a tax on new plastic bottles, where every plastic bottle is going to go up by 15 cents, and every can, aluminium can, I think it's going to go up by 10, and then you'll have to bring it back and put it into a machine, and you'll get a voucher and and yes, it does. It works in other parts of the world. But people are not really that happy about it. They're asking questions about it. Like, how is it going to work? If I bring all of my plastic bottles and cans down to Aldi or Super Value or Duns, will I then have to spend the voucher in Aldi or Super Value or Duns? Or will it be my money back to me in real terms on my card or whatever that I'll be able to use wherever I want? Is that is it going to work that way? You can't crush the cans. You can't crush the bottles. So you'd have to bring big bags of cans and bottles. Can you imagine what it'd be like, what it'd be like after Stevens's day, for example, or anything like that? So those kind of questions. Jimmy says, PJ, it's ridiculous. More charges on cans and bottles when we already pay for our recycling bins. It's a crazy money making racket, as far as I'm concerned. Just stop it now. This is another tax in the back door. Good God, what next? Yeah. And the other thing about that, Jimmy, is they're chatting about this in the office. If you push back and say that this plastic bottle charge or tax plastic bottle tax, for that's what I see it, if you're saying a plastic bottle tax is unfair, then you're being accused of being a climate denier, which is absolute horse manure. Horse manure. Nothing to do with climate denier. It's just another tax. And what they're betting on, and you can be sure they're betting on it, is some people just won't bring back the bottles and cans. And some people won't get it that you can't crush the bottles or cans. And some people will have their bottles or cans refused. Some people won't be able to afford to bring back their bottles and cans because they don't have a car. And you can't go schlepping two great big black bags full of cans on the bus, can you? And they're backing on loads of people not bothering to bring back their bottles and cans. And what that? Profit. So there. Oh, wait, one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Rent over for now. There's a consultation period ending tomorrow uh, at the City Council. It's con- a consultation period about street performance bylaws busker laws in other words who can busk where can they busk how do they busk for how long can they busk how loud or how not loud are they allowed to busk and what can they do and when can they do it it's just to bring the whole thing into order for example proposed bylaws that are out there at the moment would impose a volume limit Um, they would also insist on a certain repertoire you don't want to be singing the same song 20 times that there'll be a code of practice um, and and things like that where you'd go for example you can't just lob your gear down on any given street corner and start singing singing 
And as that consultation continues, continues and ends tomorrow at City Hall, a new organisation has been set up called the Cork Street Performers Association. Established by a number of experienced musicians, many of whom busk themselves, the new secretary is Pat Paul O'Doherty, rather. Paul O'Doherty is the secretary and spokesman for this new group. Paul is a professional jazz musician himself for many years standing and indeed busks and raise monies, raises money for charity. Why he's doing so. Paul, talk to me about the new uh, group. What is the purpose of, of setting it up? Good morning. Hi, uh, it's great to talk to you, PJ, and thanks a lot for the interest in the association. Uh, really, as buskers, we just wanted to have an opportunity to contribute as a stakeholder group to the development of the uh, these um, street performers uh, draft bylaws uh, that the City Council have been developing. Um, and beyond that, uh, we also wanted to make more generally a, a positive contribution to street culture in Cork. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We were aware that uh, in some other European cities, uh, they have street performers associations that uh, really um, you know, serve to promote uh, vibrant street culture. And, uh, and we thought that uh, something similar in Cork would be appropriate given Cork's uh, very strong sort of musical heritage. Uh, so that, that, I think, was the main uh, thinking behind it. I think from the off, you wanted to be known you're not opposed at all to regulation. No, no, we're not opposed to regulation. I mean, I, I think as buskers, we we suffer from uh, some of the things that other stakeholder groups might uh, suffer might suffer from. I mean, it's in nobody's interest that music's too loud. It's in nobody's interest that there's poor performance on the street that doesn't contribute to the ambience ambience of the city. So uh, there, there's quite a lot that we find ourselves in sympathy with. Uh, you know, the principles underpinning the the, the draft uh, bylaws are ones that, by and large, we can we can identify with. Um, and so, uh, so yes, we're not against regulation. I think, I think what we would say, though, is that, uh, uh, as in other areas, uh, to the extent that we can have effective self-regulation, a, a responsible approach on, on behalf of ourselves uh, as, as a community of buskers, uh, we'd hope that uh, it would be, would be possible to avoid the kind of regulation that has a chilling effect on street culture. Might I ask the question, such as, what kind of regulations do you not want? Well, if, if it's okay with you, PJ, I'd rather I'd rather say first of all what we do agree with. Okay, well let's start let's start there. Let's start there. Yeah. 
we agree with the sort of uh, the principles underpinning the the bylaws, um, and that takes us quite a long way. And and so it kind of uh, clears the field for then sensible discussions about what's left. But what's left is is less than what what we agree on, sort of thing. So what so what we agree on is uh, that there should be adequate musicianship. Nobody wants uh, poor performance out there. Although we recognise that some youngsters need to cut their teeth, and and there should be a lot of support for them in doing that. Um, we want an adequate repertoire. We, we're, we're interested that the council thinks that 30 minutes is enough for an adequate repertoire. Uh, many of us as buskers would feel that's uh, that's still a very short repertoire and uh, most of us would have much more extensive repertoires. We, we agree there should be time-limited performance periods and that's been a kind of convention for many of us for, for quite a while to have a two-hour uh, limit. Um, but uh, So we accept that. Uh, we agree that the volume should be reasonable and, and not unpleasant or, or um, you know, imposing on people people around us. Uh, we agree that we shouldn't be blocking entrances or passageways, which is one of the uh, concerns of the bylaws. We agree that we shouldn't be soliciting or coercing people into giving us uh, their donations. It should be an entirely happy and voluntary contribution on the part of the people donating. Uh, we agree that our behaviour should be safe and considerate. Um, and uh, finally, we believe as uh, people who, who have a presence on the street, that we have a responsibility to promote inclusive, inclusivity, you know, to be really warm, welcoming to all the very diverse people that engage with us. What I'm hearing there is a lot of common sense. I hope so. I have to come back to it. What do you not want? Yeah, OK, so uh, so with, with that in place then, the concerns are not about the principles, but the concerns are about some of the measures uh, that are being put in place in order to advance those principles. So um, uh, even, even those measures are ones that we don't entirely disagree with, but but uh, we, we have aspects of them that we'd be concerned about. So the fir- first would be, um, in terms of having very specific locations, uh, it, it may be inevitable, but if you imagine a streetscape uh, currently where you don't know if there's going to be a busker around the corner and then all of a sudden there's a, an element of surprise and, and hopefully, you know, pleasant surprise when, when, when there's a good busker in a certain place. If it's known that there are very fixed places around the city uh, where you can always expect a busker to be and, and it, it becomes boringly predictable, that may take something of the magic away from uh, the, the city. So so that's uh, it's these kind of concerns that we have. Because when I think, for example, of something like Grafton Street in Dublin, you always know there'll be a busker. You always know they'll be good. You're opposed to spaces like that, are you? Uh, no, well, I mean, I, I think it needs to be teased through. Uh, I think there will. I mean, in the end, uh, it may be inevitable, inevitable that we have these things, but um, but I but I, I think that I, I think just a cautionary note is that you might end up with with a city where you know uh, certain certain areas are just predictably known to have performers there. Uh, quality is another issue. I mean, you, you, on Grafton Street, uh, you know, yes, you, you might always get high quality performers, but uh, some people feel that, that the Dublin highly regulated. Uh, street performance culture has been quite undermining of uh, emerging uh, performers. Okay, so the new guy can't get in, can't get a gig. I think there's a risk of that. There's a risk of that. Yeah. So, so we're, we're not saying we're not absolute about this, but we uh, we have some concerns that, in general, just having fixed places may have a, a kind of slightly uh, diminishing effect on on the vibrancy of the thing. But if there are going to be places, uh, we we really appreciate the fact that the council's tried to identify a lot of spaces, including many of the ones that are currently uh, you know popular. But uh, so some of them are, are not suitable. There are some on the middle of bridges, which uh, perhaps people 
people who are less buskers, but more people who are raising money for themselves with an instrument in their hand might use. But it, they're not really good busking spots because they're very windy and cold and instruments don't perform well in cold places. It's, it's some of this technical stuff that we as buskers know that perhaps, uh, you know, the council and, and those advising them may not be fully aware of, but those sites are not great. And then if you take out those sites, you're left with a rather reduced number of uh, places where buskers could uh, perform and then there may be competition between us for those spaces. So some concern about location. What about volume? Yeah, so that was my next one. Uh, I said there were a couple of concerns that we, we that I thought it might be good to raise. So there's a 75 decibel volume limit, um, and uh, this this um, is probably unworkable in any uh, area, but because uh, normal uh, sort of uh, conversation of any kind of uh, volume is is 75 decibels, um, and what happens is that if you don't reach a certain uh, sort of resp- what's called a response threshold, where where people actually notice there's music being played, if you can't get above the background noise then then really you just just add to the background noise as, as opposed to uh, enhancing uh, the sound there. like 75 decibels is a busy cafe well yes it's a bit well the, your average car is is about sort of uh, 65 70 decibels uh, going past and uh, people in normal conversation in a street setting uh, would be about 75 so so we initially said that uh, maybe they should consider a 95 decibel limit which is still trying to be you know very reasonable within a, an, an external street context mm. if you take you and your saxophone yeah indoors and outdoors are entirely yeah. different things. Outdoors, Absolutely. anyone who works with sound knows that outdoors, a hell of a lot of it goes straight up into the air. Well, that's absolutely right, yeah. And and if you take different contexts, uh, I play uh, variously in, in different places, but it, they, they would include Prince's Street on the one side, which is a narrow, enclosed space where, you know, volume, it, it could be an issue, you know, because, uh, you know, it, it's so, uh, it's it, it, there's so much uh, sort of uh, enclosed space there. I also play in, in uh, Rory Gallagher Square, and there, you know, if you were to play at the same level uh, that I play at in, in Prince's Street, you know, nobody would notice anything going on. Um, and yet, if you if you raise it sufficiently, then all of the people sitting in those little cafes uh, with their awnings uh, on, facing onto the square uh, really get to enjoy the music. And, and uh, I know from my experience, uh, very much appreciated. And, and and so there's something about, uh, you know, buskers needing to know the context they're playing in and, and to try and suit their playing to, to the environment. And I think if we... If we have an association in which we really try and promote the art of good street performance, uh, then then we'll make uh, good progress in, in, in terms of uh, getting the right balance. Come back to the uh, new organisation. Would one have to be a member in order to be able to perform? Well, no, we, we have no standing at the moment. Would you like to have? Uh, no, no, not of that kind, no. What we would like to have is, is a very... Um, strong collaborative relationship with city council, with uh, local business, um, with local residents, and with the Gardaí. And we'd like to be seen as, a, as a, a, you know, uh, an effective contributor to a collaborative response to this uh, situation. The reason I wouldn't want us to be the, uh, a regulatory body is that uh, you know it, it, it would actually sort of undermine our our sense of you know, t- taking personal responsibility for making a contribution in Cork. If we were seen as the regulatory body, we wouldn't be able to do some of the things that will come from us being a very strong community of, uh-huh. of musicians who are trying to help each other to grow. But we've already met with the councillors and, and there's an open communication there. We've, we, uh, I'm meeting with uh, uh, with M- Michelle Carew, who's the arts officer, uh, shortly. And I'm going to be meeting with Kevin Hurley here at the Business Association. And I've had links with uh, 
Michael O'Connell, who's the sergeant in, in charge of community policing with the Gardaí. So that there will be good points of liaison between us. And I think uh, it'll be a collective uh, shared effort really to try and make things right. I think a city without music on the streets is, is a dead city. And Paul, I, I only see your association as something positive. So the best of luck with it. Well, thanks very much, PJ. I appreciate your interest. Thank you. You're welcome. And that's uh, the secretary of the new Cork Street Performers Association, Paul O'Doherty. Thanks, Paul. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. All right, after 11, we'll get another qualifier in our 10K toy giveaway. The password for today is stocking. Stocking. When I tell you, not now, they're doing it all morning anyway, but when I tell you, you will text me your name and that password to 083-396-9696. We will then uh, call somebody back and try to put them in the draw to win. And the draw is after six with Izzy, with two shopping sprees to give away every day on the Corks 96FM 10K toy giveaway with your local credit union helping you to have a wonderful Christmas. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Corks 96FM. Cork loves the arts. We do too. That's why we bring you the Arts House. Every Sunday on Cork's 96 FM. Hi, it's Elmarie. Join myself and Connor every Sunday morning to find out what's happening in the arts all over Cork. There's so much happening. Fantastic festivals with great events for all ages. And we'll tell you all about them. The Arts House. Sunday mornings, 8 to 10. With Griffin's Potatoes. For fantastic quality and great taste guaranteed. Choose Griffin's Potatoes. Pinks and Roosters. Corks 96 FM. Just come back to the plastic bottle tax that would be coming in on the 1st of February. Um, I'm someone who recycles my plastic bottles. I use a lot of them, put them all in the recycling bin. I crush them first, which I won't be allowed to do. I don't throw litter. I never have thrown litter. I don't believe in throwing litter. I've taught my kids as best I can to not throw litter. Um, so I feel this is just another tax. Lisa, good morning. Morning. What do you think of it? I think it's a brilliant idea. Do you really? I do. Um, my husband's German and we spend a lot of time in Germany. And everybody brings their bottles and things back to their local supermarket. And then they get a voucher back that they can use on their shop. Mm-hmm. And the rubbish isn't an issue there. And even in the airports, there are people going around, picking up the bottles of people traveling and filling their bags and heading off and making a few bob out of that. Mm-hmm. Same at concerts. You'll see men on bikes with bottles brimming out of their back seats. Like it's, I took my dog for a walk there now and it's all Lucasade bottles and cans of course like and it's so, every day it's mm-hmm. just depressing and I think if you have to be responsible for your bottle or your can or whatever if you want your money back you know you're not mm. going to be throwing it around well, why, why do we need a tax though Lisa to just learn basic politeness and tidiness which I'm sure you I have know. in spades but I'm, I'm quite sure there are like 90% of people have that but there are the, the ones who constantly just destroy our scenery, mm. you know. And we had a German wedding over in Ireland. We had them for 10 days. And I walked their daughter each day with my dog. And she kept saying to me, why is there so much rubbish around? 
Mm-hmm. And I was explaining, you don't get money back in Ireland when you bring your bottles in. And she was like, you should do that. And it was, I was actually mortified. Do you know, I was like, God's yeah. sake. Yeah. You know, when they just flip and put their rubbish in the bin. But there's a thing, Lisa. Wouldn't they just put their flipping rubbish in the bin? Wouldn't well, if they they're bringing bring 25 home? cents, they'll be bringing it back. Agreed. You know? Agreed, but you see, the other thing too is that those of us, like you and me, who will put the rubbish in the bin and dispose of it properly, are being taxed in the very same way as the person who wouldn't. And plus the fact that... But we're kind of training the kids properly now as well again, because we used to, my mum used to wash out the milk bottle in Milton, mm. and we'd be toddling over to the shop for a few pence, like, to get, yeah. to get our jellies and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, and we had <coughs> yeah. kind of a value on... Things in the house, you know, nothing was yeah. binned, everything had a use. Yeah, and I remember bringing over bottles too, and I remember having glass bottles that you give back to the milkman. Yeah, and, and you, you a, have like you, you, your a milk ball was a couple of pence in cheap. your mouth coming out. Yeah, yeah well, that was that. You know, I don't know, I think the kids today are fantastic. Yeah. But when it comes to kind of throwing stuff around, I, I presume it's the adults where I'm living. Absolutely, it's all it is. You may be sure it is. And whatever. But yeah, it is yeah. embarrassing when you get visitors from other countries and you're walking your dog and there's... Like, even at one stage, I looked up to a tree and I said to her, oh, look, we're after finding a nest. Yeah. And it was a ball. I just said I to my husband, I gave well, up. I Lisa, came Lisa we're filthy. We're filthy people. And it has yeah. to be put out there. It's not something we like to hear. We Irish are dirty people. Come here, are you all yeah. set for Christmas? I'm all set, yeah. I'm going to Mexico. You're not! I am. So I will be in Mexico for Christmas. I never stay in Ireland for Christmas. Do you not? No. Um, I find, you know what now? You go to Germany, you go anywhere else in the world, and it's just so much nicer. Everything's open. Okay. You know, there's markets, and I just don't like Ireland at Christmas. Okay. And what's the attraction of Mexico? Well, my uh, mother and father-in-law will be joining us, so they're actually bringing us for Christmas as a Excellent. gift. Yeah, so You'll I just be- said, Emer, she could go for me if she wanted. <laughs> <laughs> you've, you've must, you've been very well behaved. The family to I be taken ya. to Mexico. For, listen, enjoy, enjoy, Lisa, and happy Christmas when it comes around. Uh, we're, I think we are. I think we're dirty, filthy people who, who don't deserve nice things. Look at the state of Fountainstown on a summer's morning or Myrtleville on a summer's morning compared to when you go to Lanzarote or Alcudia or any place like that. Hilary! How are you doing, Mike? How are you? Your thoughts on this new tax? I think it's, I think it's a great thing for... Well, whatever tax from the, gov- from the, the, tax to, from the government, what I'm getting at is the, the kids and the bottles... They'll pick those bottles up. There's money to be made. And do you think that they walk, they come back from school, they see a bottle on the ground, they'll pick it up and they'll bring it home. And they'll put it into a bag and they'll go to the um, whatever shop and put them in and they'll get 15 cents per bottle. It's a lot of money for them. It is. It is. But they'll only get a voucher for the shop, as far as we know. Uh, I know, yeah, but that's, that might have to change. Because I, I remember, Mike, when I was 10, 11, 12... Um, myself and my friends, we used to collect, if you can remember, the jam jars. Do you remember? Mm. You get you get a halfpenny for a small jam jar. And, no, you get a penny yeah. for a small jam jar and you get two pence for a big jam jar. And, like, Jesus, we used to gather them and you get your money 
in Ogilvy Moors, I think, was the place for the spring tea, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, um, like, it, it was good. And also the fact, I went out to Mallow, I got a tip off outside at the Hyperion Hotel in Mallow. So myself and my friend, we got a boxcar and we headed off. We left at 6 o'clock in the Saturday morning. We were only about 13 or 14 years of age. Hmm. Went out to Mallow and there were jam jars. There was a lot of lonesome. So we filled the boxcar <laughs> and we couldn't. So we went away and we got timbers and put the timbers across them and we built it. We built it up. We made it like it's like another ticket. It's a truck where they were leaving and talk for Cork, you know. Mm. But you might say, we got back to Cork. Mike, half of them are broken. <laughs> I know. I know. But you, you, you think the idea that children will collect the plastic bottles and the tins and try yeah. and make a bit of money out of it. But could we not just teach? Uh, we don't need to teach the kids. Could we not just tidy up after ourselves, Henry? It, it, that's impossible. Look, as you say, it's not impossible. Speech, it, it happens all over the world. Why can't we do it? Just following them everywhere and anywhere, you know. But okay. like, if the kids, the kids, we say that the, the parents of those kids are saying, "Look, you bring the bottles in here, and they'll bring them back, but we'll pay you. The mothers and fathers will pay the kids. Yeah, you know, give them a euro or something like that. Give them an incentive, like the the. See, there's the thing, Hillary. Kids don't need an incentive to be tidy. Because they are tidy if they're taught it by their parents. If they're taught it by their parents, exactly. But that's a good that's a good way. You know, like you know, tell them what they're going to give them by picking up things and yeah. getting the, the place clean. You know. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, 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 so I can't help thinking there'll be an awful lot of money made out of this by the, by, the, by the revenue because an awful lot of just won't bring it back anyway. That's the problem. Oh, they probably won't. But but you see, as I said, the, 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 the kids will pick them up. Give them to the parents. The parents will give them the money and ensure the parents won't tax the kids <laughs> but when they bring the stuff back into the shops. Oh, so you know? all right. So Kitty arrives in with a bag of plastic bottles from around the park and says, here, Dad, I got 15 plastic bottles or 20 plastic bottles. Oh, there you go, son. That's what, three euro. Put that in your piggy bag. And then... That's right. And then the father goes in or the mother goes into the, the supermarket and says, here you are. That's an, interest, that's, that's an interesting thoughts process. I like that one, Hillary. Thank you. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Yeah, I, I, I remain to be convinced, to be honest, and I, I, I stand over it. I think we are, we are dirty people. We litter at will. Uh, we make a mess of our city. We make a mess of our county. We make a mess of our beaches. Yes, albeit a small number of us, most of us are grand, but we make an awful mess of the things around us to the point where sometimes you'd wonder, do we even deserve nice things? Do we even deserve nice speeches? Okay. <laughs> Blarney Woolenmills are with us all this week. Magical Blarney. Uh, Cork's favourite Santa experience. I have three pieces of audio for you, one after the other. You tell me what they are. There's a song, there's a bit of a movie, and there's a sound effect from Christmas. And the winner will have a €250 Euro voucher to take away for Blarney Woolen Mills. The song is easy. Easy, easy, easy. You are the very gorgeous movie. Beautiful young lady. Yeah, and the sound effect is an odd one. <laughs> it, I'm joking, it's not the missus waking me up Christmas morning. I was missing earlier. Come on. You are the very beautiful young lady. 
Here you go. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cox 96 FM. We're playing all your favorite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96 FM. With your local maze, amazing value, sure to make you smile this Christmas. The minds are live. Hello. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Parks 96 Reminder to you, Premier League Live is back on 96pm.ie this weekend with uh, Trevor Welsh. Saturday from midday, powered by Talk Sport. Live games this weekend, Crystal Palace against Liverpool, 12.30 Saturday. Manchester United against Bournemouth at 3 and Aston Villa v Arsenal at half past 5. Premier League Live online brought to you by Harvey Norman, your home of the big screen. You're listening Saturday over on the Corks 96 FM app or pop across to 96fm.ie. 0818-969696, the number. The text to WhatsApp is 083-396-9696 and the email opinion at 96fm.ie. <clears throat> I will come back to your comments on recycling and plastic and bottles and refunds and all of that and taxes a little bit later on. But I'll remember forever the shock of getting a text message uh, around the si- late around the evening of the 6th of June this year uh, one that stopped me in my tracks it just had four words Teddy Mac is dead Teddy McCarthy passed away in June of this year the first and the only and will fair to say will now be the only man to win hurling and football senior medals in the same year uh, as part of the famous Cork double winning, winning teams of 1990. And there's a, an event has been put together this Saturday in memory of, of Teddy where down at Parky Cueve, I think this is a fantastic idea and whoever came up with this deserves a medal. It's, they're getting together on Saturday, December 9th in memory of Teddy. Cork footballers and Cork hurlers will play me in Galway. They will recreate the double. I'm joined by one of the first people we spoke to the morning after the news broke about Teddy. Uh, his great friend, uh, Tomás Mulcahy. Tomás, I, I remember talking to you at the time and you were broken by the news, uh, as were many others. That text message that I got that night, Teddy Mac is dead. That stopped the clock for us in Cork this year, didn't it? Good morning, Tom. Sure did, and uh, when when I got the call from his brother uh, that night, um, I was on the hurling field like Teddy would have been, I'm sure, down around Sars, yeah, watching your team training or just taking in what was happening around your own club, and uh, yeah, it, it was a massive shock, and and it still is, PJ. We still haven't got over it, right? You know, so um, and that's what Saturday is about, I suppose. And the big thing about Saturday is uh, a colleague of his in Sars, Barry Myers. Um, came up with the concept that we need to do something we need to we need to do something to remember this great man and and there's mention of a of a statue there is the Teddy McCarthy Memorial Fund set up um but Saturday is about the games mm-hmm. the, the passion that he had the passion that he loved as a player as a mentor a guy in the stand a guy in the terrace 
and hopefully we can get a big crowd from the Cork public, the Cork GA public. Um, I'm sure they loved Eddie DeBitz and what he achieved and what he did for Cork GA. And um, Barry's idea came to fruition in terms of he spoke to John Cleary, the Cork football manager. He spoke to Pat Ryan. And then between everybody, there was a meeting with Cork GA, Cork County Board, and I must say they've been fantastic. Um, Cork GA have taken it on board, have taken it over, the running of this event, and uh, hopefully it's going to be a fantastic occasion. And um, we're all looking forward to it. I don't imagine there was a single player had to be asked twice. No, and I mean, <laughs> I, I, need, I need to clarify here, PJ, because people outside maybe are looking at... It won't be the 1990 teams are talking about. Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> that, that in itself would be a Netflix documentary. No, geez, no, we'd be wearing the overcoats and probably waving to the crowd maybe at halftime of the game. Uh, that wouldn't be good viewing, PJ, uh, to be fair, right? So, um, it's the current squads and um, delighted um, when contact was made with Mead and Colm O'Rourke and contact was made with Galway and Henry Shefflin. Um, they obliged and what a fantastic occasion it can be right uh, 1990 is, is forever etched in the memory of many car people but to get the current squads down on the 9th of December it's not probably the best time of the year but it's the only day that was available in the calendar to get something like this organised because everybody goes into action very much in, yeah. uh, early in the new year So This is look, really I'm only the, the few downtime weeks that most guys have isn't it? It is, it is. Look, and I know teams are back in training and stuff like that as well themselves, but look, grateful to to the four managers for putting this together. And Cork it's fantastic. And just asking the Cork public, we need bums on seats. We need people to come out and support. We need people to show their appreciation. And uh, it's 20 euro tickets. All kids are free. Yeah. The, the, the football is at three o'clock and the hurling is at five. And there are special trophies have been commissioned. Yeah, there's two two lovely glass uh, trophies have been commissioned and um, they will be presented to the winning captains by Teddy Sun, Cian McCarthy, um, which I'm sure will be a wonderful honour for Cian. He was a fantastic player himself. All the McCarthy family are going to be present on the day. Um, they're all the majority of the 1990 um, winning teams and panels and management will all also be present on the day as well. So. I think we're going to give a massive party quiz experience on Saturday and, and hopefully a lot of people can join us. Yeah, he, he graced he graced that turf so many times. Let me bring in somebody else who, who knew him well, uh, played with him and was a dear friend, uh, the great Jimmy Barry Murphy, JBM. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning, teacher. You're still reeling, I'd say, from getting a text message like that back in June. I am really. Uh, I know Tomas, obviously, uh, Jim Cashman were his closest friends from the Cork team's um, but I knew Teddy very, very well, and uh, I suppose when I was finishing up my career, Teddy was starting. So my last All Ireland final was in 1986, and uh, Tomas remember well. He had a great game himself the same day, Tomas, and that was Teddy's first All Ireland final. So my last day in Croke Park coincided with uh, Teddy's first day. So he had many, many more great days with Cork, and uh, as you were saying there with Tomas, 1990 was really incredible, and uh, that, as you said, that won't happen again because it can't be done again. But uh, the way the game has gone nowadays yeah. and it's a unique occasion and a great memory for us all yeah there was a lovely story told in the days after his passing of a clubhouse discussion down I think it might have been down in Sars and of course someone walked up and said how many All-Irelands has your man he has three and he has four and just <laughs> we've a fellow one two and two we expect that he was unique in, in every way in more ways than one that was certainly uh, you know it's extraordinary look back at it that he achieved that and yeah. uh, 
people have great memories of him. You know, you've seen some of the iconic photographs of Teddy yeah. winning a ball in the air with the footballers and uh, bursting with the hurlers. But uh, that iconic foot photograph of the footballers really is extraordinary, I think, and it shows the athleticism of the man and uh, his, his great ability. You know, and Cork people are very, very proud of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, we're, we're, we're so proud of our own anyway, but when one of our own has got such an accolade, the, the first yeah. and, and even today the only, and I think we can all confidently say, will be the only man to ever do it. Yeah, well, that can't be done again the way the seasons are gone now. And it, no, no, there's no dual players anymore playing with the, with the counties who have a realistic chance of winning the Hollard. And so, as you said, it's not going to happen again. And I suppose it's nice that we can remember Teddy as being the only one that did it and will ever do it. So yeah. that's a fantastic thing to be able to say as well. Yeah, yeah. And um, we're waiting to get a, a line there with, with, with Colm O'Rourke so we can maybe start the rivalry. Yes, indeed. Yeah, which is an interesting. That's an interesting uh, serendipity. I think is the word they use for that. I'll just bring you in there on four when I have a chance. Colm, good morning. Good morning. How are you, sir? Um, I'm just reminded it's 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 serendipity. You played against him. In, in 1990, and now you will manage against, uh, against Cork on, on, on Saturday. But talk to me about this man. He, he, he was and is and always will be an icon of our national games. Absolutely. I suppose I also had the privilege of playing with him in Australia when we went down there in 86. So uh, I had a long association, became quite friendly with him on that trip. And uh, I always regarded him as a sort of a free spirit who didn't uh, get too hung up on sort of rules, uh, <laughs> rules regulations or, uh, you know, training uh, regimes and anything like that. I think he, he did his own thing and I think the game was all the better for it and there's very few characters like that anymore. Yeah, there was, there was a there was a few great stories told about that trip down under, actually, in the days after his his passing and and what I noticed about them was and Tomas and JBM will come in on this as well I reckon lads the wilder the story that people told about Teddy on those trips the more likely it was to be completely true yeah absolutely and uh, I I recall uh, him saying to me we weren't picked for the first test or maybe the second test I don't know which it was anyway and uh, uh, I was with Teddy and Teddy says to me uh, we'll go home and I said what do you mean we'll go home? He says, there's no point in being here. We might as well go home. We're not going to be playing. And I says, but uh, I think it was the first test. So we were only there about a week. And we were staying. I remember that trip lasted a month, the whole month of October. But I says, when you mean go home, we were at the training ground. I says, back to the hotel. No, he says, we'll go back to the hotel with the two of us. We'll get our bags and go to the airport. And I says, it's, it's pretty... That's slightly hasty, is it not? And he says, oh, he says, track it, he says, sure, if we're not going to be any value here, we'll go home. And I says, but sure, we have no flight, we have no nothing. And he says, should we go to the airport, we get a flight somewhere. And I said, somewhere. And he says, yeah, sure, we could go somewhere. So I said, um, maybe, I said, should we wait for a couple of days and see how things settle down here? You'd never know. And he says to me, uh, yeah, okay, we'll settle tomorrow. So... 
<laughs> when tomorrow came, anyway, he had changed his mind and decided he'd cha- stay for another few days, and then he got picked, so he hung in for the whole month then. But <laughs> it could have been the shortest trip to Australia ever, <laughs> ever I think. It would have lasted about three or four days. Oh, that was Teddy, got him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so anyway, <laughs> he settled down. Kevin Heffern was in charge, so I think Kevin had a uh, a woman to settle himself. Kevin Heffern of the Putin famous Heffern's Army, was it? Yes. yes, uh, yes. <laughs> another character. Another character, yeah. C- come back to the events ahead of us the weekend, Colm. You'll be managing the the Mead footballers at, at the weekend. There's also, lads, isn't there? There's a, a series of events running up to it. There's... there's um, a Q and A session, and there's a there's a lunch for all the players, and, and it's just a, a big event just to commemorate this great man to us. Yeah, look, there is, yeah, there is, there is a bit, of, a bit of a Q and A session, and there is um, 1990. In fairness, the Cork GA have invited all the panel members and backroom team of 1990 and their partners, and um, just to kind of maybe sit back and, and and take in the day, and maybe have a, a bit more of a chat and a bit more stories about Teddy, the great man himself because um, like um, Jimmy mentioned Jim Cashman. Jim Cashman was, was an incredible friend of his as well and kind of has stayed in the background of the base rise and maybe thrown me out in front and it isn't all about me, it's about all the players that he played with you know, not just alone in 1986 and you know, he played he 321 all Ireland. he's a dual minor winner, he 89 and 90 with car football, he 86 with car hurling and also I'm not so sure even PJ outside there. Somebody has two RR medals in terms of the one code and two hurling on the other side, you know. So, like, it's just that we can sit back and relax and enjoy the day and, and, and his memory and obviously enjoy the games that we that we put on as well because mm. that's what Teddy would have loved. It's about hurling and football him. He went to every match. Every time he had a spare moment, there was a match on, you would always see Teddy there. And look, leading up to his death, he was at, I think, four five matches over that weekend um, I'd been in Torres with him on the Sunday he'd went to see Passage he went to in Ballinlock he'd been to see another game on the Saturday and look if we, if we can if we can go and enjoy the occasion and remember the man and have a big crowd there that's the big thing for me is to get a big crowd there yeah. for a big crowd to support the, the current proper players and Cullum yeah. making the effort to bring his team down and Henry as well Tell me a bit about the Teddy McCarthy Memorial Fund Tomas because that's, that's where the proceeds are going yeah, look, and to be fair to Cork GA, um, there is a very strong government governance committee in terms of um, uh, the people that have actually put this together, and um, the net proceeds that will come out of it will, 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 will be administered by the Treasurer of Cork GA and the Treasurer of SAS and the Treasurer of Demire. And the Memorial Fund, right, people talk about a statue. It's, it's, yeah, we'd like to see a statue, and PJ, maybe you will need another day I was on board to say where the monument or the statue is going to go. People might say it would be Sars or it could be outside Parky Creek, but that's for another day. And I'm sure his own family will, will, will have the, will have the final say on this, you know. But I mean, the proceeds, yeah, is going to, to to facilitate something like that. And if there is a surplus there, I'm sure Teddy's great passion for his own club Sars and Gamwell uh, and the recent damage done in the floods there and stuff yeah. like that as well. And and he was vice chairman of Sars. He had a massive passion to get him more fields, to get him more playing facilities. Massive, massive population in Glamwire. They had one field, Buckleary's Cross, where they are doing a bit of training and stuff like that. But he was in negotiation with Cork County Council and Cork City Council for another parcel of land around the Glamwire year to get in training fields. Mm-hmm. And if something uh, surplus that is left can help in that, that vein in the end, 
everybody will be happy, you know. I'm thinking back immediately to the morning of the floods and, and the way that they literally sacrificed their pitch and I thought how proud of them he would have been. How devastated, yeah. but how proud. He would have been devastated because, like I said, it wasn't a day gone by once he got in there as vice chairman that he wasn't in Sarsfield, you know. And um, in any capacity, he put in a new sprinkler system there and stuff like that as well and um, was putting in an awful lot of time and effort and really, really accepted back into Sars and uh, his passion for it. And obviously, he would have loved to have been alive to see them win the county success uh, this year as well, you know. But that wasn't to be. But look... Mm-hmm. Saturday, as I said, it's about the games. We can talk about other things down the road in terms of what happened. Indeed, yeah. indeed. I, I, I'm, I'm just getting a text message to win now. Is there any chance we could get the old lads to talk out, even for 10 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> I'd say O'Neill's would have a job getting the, the sharks and Charlie's ready in time. I would think that would fit. Yeah. You know, so I'd say to be yeah, you'd need more right. ambulances than players. I think. What's that, Colin? <laughs> You'd, you'd need a fleet of ambulances being led to the, to the ho- regional hospital. Listen, yeah. let's so hope we get one it. Or two, maybe Tony O'Sullivan or like, like so Jim Cashman or Joe Fisher. We might get we might get them to talk out. Well, let's let's hope that we can get a, a, a great crowd down there on Saturday to remember. A great man. A man I didn't know well at all. I'd only ever meet him the odd time. I met him a few times in the company of my late great friend, Frank O'Brien. Oh, and laughter was never far away in Teddy's company. That's what I remember. That's, yeah, he was, he that's was, great. He was great fun. He was a great sense of humour and he was never short of an opinion about hurling a football, PJ. But he, he was very, very honest and very straight. And one thing about Teddy, I'll always remember. And uh, I'll always remember him dearly. You, you knew where you stood with him anyway. As if you gave an opinion about a player... He'd, he'd demand you to explain why you thought that particularly yeah. if he didn't agree with you yeah. you know so he was great company and he was a very very decent person and uh, you know has reared a fantastic family with Una and uh, they're accredited both mm. there's, a, there's a lovely little bit of merch has come out um, at the same time as this uh, event uh, my good pal Dave O'Connor at suits.ie who a number of years ago brought out the 1990 double short uh, he has brought out, and I'm wearing one this morning. He claims it's the first one, but I'm sure that I'm sure Dave has kept one for himself. It's the Teddy McCarthy commemorative 1990 shirt, and, and they're available now in in all the branches of um, Suits Study, Blackpool, and Southlink Business Park, and uh, they've new new outlets as well in 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 Blackpool. So that's out there as well. Nice bit of merch for the weekend. Yeah, PJ, can I just say on that, in fairness to Dave O'Connor, right? I mean, he looked after all of us in terms of Cartier for so many years in terms of when 25th anniversary, he gave us all suits and he decked us out from top to bottom and uh, he was a great supporter of Cartier, but he was also a great friend of Teddy. And um, that's absolutely fantastic. I'm sure he talked Teddy out uh, on numerous occasions himself and Teddy would have bought a lot of stuff from Dave as well so look they, they had a great relationship they had a great relationship as well so thanks Dave yeah, the, the, the short, the short, as I said he, he swears I have the first one but I have a sneaky suspicion <laughs> to get the first one for himself because he'd always have to have one lads before I, I, I let you go he, actually, he told me he gave me the first one as well Dave. <laughs> did he? Yeah. Dave sort of <laughs> I'm thinking the same thing too yeah come here I, before I let you go the three of you Tomas McGay Jimmy Bay Murphy and Colm O'Rourke it would be remiss of me not to ask you about the controversy of the week with regard to GAA Go particularly among Cork hurling supporters like Waterford, Clare, Limerick three great games all behind a paywall and Cork and Kerry in the football likely to be the same in the New Year's. Tomás, your thoughts? 
Um, it's very disappointing. Um, look, yeah, I was kind of, I heard my feelings, PJ, at the start of the year as well. Look, and I know the GA is about, um, obviously, income and revenue streams and stuff like that, but not on the back of our ordinary folk. And, you know, a lot of people that won't be able to go to matches because of their age and the older generation, it's going to be very, very difficult for these guys to be hooking into um, GA Go and they don't have a smart TV. And look, we've had that. This, this conversation for so many, many times, but three games for Cork is, is just incredible. And I just hope the GA are not using it in terms of like the size of Cork, and we're the largest, um, we're the second city, the largest county in terms of values of people. Yeah. The first match in Waterford will probably have about an 18,000 capacity. On a normal day, Cork will probably bring 25,000 people, 20,000, 25,000 to be to Munster Championship games. So a lot of people won't even get to the game. So they will no other, have no other option but to tune in and uh, pay for GA Go, you know. So yeah. I, I think it's very disappointing. And I think it's we're going to hear a lot more about it. Um, it will probably die, die a bit now before Christmas. But when the new season begins, mm-hmm. I think there's going to be a lot of... Um, uproar uh, among Cox supporters about it. Same question to you, uh, JBM. The hurling, I mean, the, the, Munster, Champion, the, Munster, the Munster Championship is kind of the, it's, it's where the best hurling is played and we won't be able to watch it. Well, I, I think there's too many, Cork in particular, uh, three hurling games for Cork and the Cork Curry game, which probably will happen as well if Cork win their first home game. I think that's four games for Cork supporters to have to shell out for to pay to, to watch. I wouldn't be a fan of that at all. And Cork and Limerick came in Parky Keeve, it's a huge draw. And I think just having four games, three or four games in the hurling group stage and one in the football is just too much and it's too expensive for Cork people. And I think they're targeting Cork because we've got a big following normally yeah. and it'd be, well, we're a big county anyway, let's be fair. So, But I just think that that's too many games for one county to be have on pay-per-view. Yeah. And, and lastly, Colm, your own thoughts on that? Well, in general, I have no, no objection to the idea of GEA Go and I think it's a great thing that uh, everybody can watch their own county in action. But it does appear in this case as, as if Cork are being used to ensure that there is a big return to GEA Go by ensuring uh, that their games are behind the paywall, knowing full well that they have very big support, particularly in hurling, and it's going to be used to make money for the service. It does appear wrong that all the main Cork matches, both hurling and football, are going to be behind the paywall. The general principle is fine. It seems as if Cork are being picked on because of the fact that they have big support. But I suppose that's what the Rebel County are about. They were being picked on for years. So, and the only, the only thing really I have to say... Is Lee only coming to Cork on Saturday, lads, isn't it? These fellas, yeah. The only difference was they picked on Mead in the 80s and bullied them around. So I suppose... But the idea of, of Cork uh, not having some of their games free to air is just absolutely plain wrong. Okay. All right. Thank you, guys. The trash talking has started ahead of Saturday. Colm O'Rourke of Meath, Jimmy Barry Murphy and Twan Sinkai of Cork. Uh, if you're going there, if you've got a ticket, uh, go and enjoy in memory of a great man. Tickets are 20 quid, uh, 17 euro for students and old age, and they are available on the Cork GAA website. Under 16s are free. All proceeds to the Teddy McCarthy Memorial Fund. The match against Meath in football is at 3 and the Galway Hurlers will follow at 5 o'clock. And there are special trophies have been commissioned for the day for the members, for the winners of, of each game. And just to clarify, <laughs> not that I had suggested they would be, but it's the younger team. It's the teams of today are playing. 
not the teams of yesteryear. As Colin O'Rourke says, I, I, you know what? I don't believe him for a second. They're all fit, lad, fit lads. Colin O'Rourke said he would probably need more ambulances than we would players. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. We'll remember Teddy on Saturday. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Coach 96 FM. Lorraine and Ross in the morning. Weekdays when you wake up. On Coach 96 FM. If somebody sends you a screenshot, the first thing that I do, I look at their battery percentage. I always crop the screen grab so that it takes out all the top <laughs> stuff. Remind me to crop mine next time I send Lorraine. I know, yeah. Because she is charging our batteries. Yeah, like, uh, see so you have an email. Oh, Tinder notification. Oh, yeah, very good. <laughs> well, okay. uh, hello, our gifts are down here. <laughs> Lorraine and Ross in the morning. With Null DC Cars, the place to order your 2024 Skoda. Exclusively Skoda in the city. Open 24-7 at nulldc.com. Cork 96 FM. 10K toy giveaway. Another chance to go through to the draw. Izzy will draw another two winners after six this evening. We have had one winner this week so far on the show. Let's see if we can get another one. You'll need the password Will I give it to them? Oh, go on. It's nearly Christmas. The password is stocking. Text me the password and your name now to 083-396-9696. Let's do this. Go Merry Christmas on Corks 96 FM. That and hundreds more Christmas songs round the clock over on Corks 96. Our exclusive online festive station. All your favourite Christmas hits non-stop. It's on now at 96fm.ie or on the Quarks 96 FM app. Quarks 96 96 was brought to you by Desi's Tires. Open seven days with late evenings in Blackpool, also Little Island, Carrigaline, Line and Vickers Road. More deets at desistires.ie and it's only from Quarks 96 FM. Corks 96 FM's 10K toy giveaway. With your local credit union helping you have a wonderful Christmas. Merry Christmas. I'm surrounded by a sea of paper, so I can't find half what I'm looking for. But I have it now. I have it now. The 10K toy giveaway. This is the final week. Today is the second last day, but we still have plenty of 500 euro toy shopping sprees to give away for free. You're listening every day after 8, 11, 2 and 5. You text or WhatsApp the password. Don't worry, we give it a thousand times. If we call you back, you're in the draw. If you can give me the password that is and then after six Izzy on the big drive home will make two draws we had a winner the other day our last winner came to us on uh, Tuesday yeah when um, Angela won in the evening so let's see if we can add somebody else to that Kelly what's the password stocking stocking yay (laughs) First part of the deal, Kelly Johnson in Carrigaline is through to the draw after six with Izzy. Now, have you got smallies who could suck up 500 quid in a matter of moments? I'm sure you have. Definitely. I have two boys, Zach and Archie. What age? They, Zach is 10, Archie's two. Zach and Archie. Great names. Yeah. Great <laughs> names. Where, where did you get, where'd you get, where'd you get Archie from? That's a new, a new name. It's just, just essentially a baby book. <laughs> Really? That's cool. Yeah. 
That's good. No and cool story behind this. Just like the name. Ah, oh, cool. All right. So Zach and Archie will they will they will finish five hundred euro in mere minutes Easily. At, at, at Smith's Toys. So Kelly, all I can do is get you into the draw this evening, which I've done. Izzy will make that draw uh, just after six. Keep your ear close to the phone. Keep your phone oh, handy. Be on high right. alert. On high alert and turn the volume up loud. Don't be one of these people who just keeps the phone on vibrate and is inside in the handbag. Tis no good to you inside in the handbag. Put it up in the kitchen table and turn it on massive, max, massive loud. Kelly, best of luck this evening, all right? Thanks so much. Cheers. That's Kelly Johnson, Carrie Glenn, Zach and Archie. 10 and 1. Ah, the mayhem of Christmas. Did she say 10 and 2? The mayhem of Christmas in that house. But yeah, there's a thing now. While I have you, right? Do you know me now? These things come into me. While I. What is this thing lately that nobody lets their phone ring? It's all vibrate now. Everyone's phone is on silent and on vibrate. I find myself doing it myself from time to time. Only when I'm working. I mean, the phone's on silent vibrate here when I'm working because you wouldn't want it ringing. Why? Like, I'll be turning on my Christmas ringtone in the next day or two. And I want my ringtone to be here. Why is it so many people now, they have their phone on vibrate or their phone is on silent? Even on the telly. Do you ever notice that when you're watching the telly now, no matter what show you're watching, nobody's phone rings anymore. It's inside in the pocket. Inside in the handbag. What, What happened to phones ringing? I know, I know, I know. I just, just, just had to put it out there. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Let's go back to the plastic bottles and cans and giving them back and taxes and who's going to get the money and how we're going to get the money back and will it be... For example, the big question I have is if I collect my bags of bottles and cans and bring them down and use them in Aldi, do I then have to shop in Aldi? If I go to Supervalue, do I then have to shop in Supervalue? Because I'm not really getting my money back there, am I? And who's benefiting from my money? But the shop. So I'm not really getting my money back. That's, That's the only thing I have about it I remember years ago if you brought a glass bottle back to the shop you got 10p says Kev you did Kev you got 10p and you could do what you want with it you take it wherever you didn't have to spend it in that shop needs to be stopped says Jimmy like we stopped the water charges it's another scam <laughs> kids would throw 15 cents back at you my grandchildren would anyway we're already paying for recycling into the bargain teach the kids in school about littering and antisocial behaviour It's not being done. Well, littering, I think it is, to be fair, Jimmy. I think the kids are cleaner than the adults these days. Uh, A lot of them anyway. Mary says, I think it would be a good fundraiser for clubs and it would benefit the environment as well. And Kevin, uh, nobody wants to carry rubbish around the place. More bins would save the need for this extra plastic charge. Well, maybe when you go to the beach for a day in the summertime, just bring bring a bag and bring your stuff home and use your own bin rather than throwing it in the side of the road. But look, that's how I am and people know. Right. Now, last week we were talking, uh, we got an email in from Emma um, calling on the men of Cork to lessen the workload and the mental workload of their female partners. We had been chatting to Caroline Reedy in the HR suite and it was about the juggle of working moms who have young kids. The juggle is real and all that. 
prompted a message while I was having that conversation, which is there on our podcast if you want to go look for it. But it prompted this message from Emma. It says, PJ, men are getting better, but they really need to be more aware of the amount of work that falls on us women's shoulders. Some men are fantastic, but others still think the housework, the kids, the groceries is the women's role, even though she might be working full time too. Men need to look at the women in their lives and see are they struggling. Cork men, if you're listening to this show today, think about the work and the mental load your wife or partner has. Is there anything you can do to alleviate that load for her? Can you collect the kids? Can you do the laundry, unload the dishwasher, make the dinner? If so, do it. Your wife could be suffering in silence. And that came in from Emma. And it subsequently prompted a call from John, who wanted to share some thoughts with us. Hi, John. Good morning. How are you? I'm all right, fella. Your thoughts on this? Um, well, I listened to that uh, message, and um, what popped out of me is that um, look, some some men are very good, Peter. Some are absolutely useless, right? Mm-hmm. But I reckon any man, like, I mean, that's living at home, and of course the mother usually does everything for the son, right? Doesn't have to laundry, doesn't do anything, and then he goes on and he gets another mother, but she's called a wife. And she does the same thing and it starts all over again, the cycle. Any man should live on his own for a period of time rather than go for his mother to a wife because nothing changes when he goes from the mother to the wife. The, the cycle carries on. He throws the, the throws down the, the floor. He doesn't go over the... Look, there's friends of mine being married for years, PJ. And I tell you something, they wouldn't even know how to plug in a hoover or they wouldn't even make an attempt. One girl there, she brought her husband one day on a tour of the kitchen. She said, let me point out some stuff to you here. See, this thing here with all the buttons and there's a window on it. That's called a washing machine. And the clothes that you throw down the ground at your age should be brought down the stairs through the hall, open that little glass door, shove them in, put in washing powder, press the button, and away you go. Not rocket science. <laughs> no, it's not rocket science. And I'm fairness, like, when... Women are working as well full-time, and even part-time takes up a lot because the part-time means you go to the school then to collect the kids, you come home, you have to feed them, the homework, everything, and then there's other stuff to be done. Like, a lot of guys don't pull their waist, in fairness, like, they mm. don't. Now, there are some good guys out there, but there's a lot of guys, PJ, they don't, and it's unfair. Especially I, I was making work. a point, John, we're, we, we are wired differently somewhat upstairs, and bear yeah. with me on this. You're right, of course, about the, the washing I'd be the same. I'd leave a pile of washing on the floor, but I'd leave it until Saturday. And then I'd bring it to the washing machine. But thing is, I'll do anything that Queen Bee wants me to do. Mm -hmm. Just just maybe mention it to me. I don't read minds. Not even yours. Well, you see, the thing... Well, they know. They know. They do, I know, to a point. But I mean, it's built in, right, to all that. You can say it's genetic, whatever. It goes on and on and on. But you shouldn't have to be told, like, I mean, you should pick up yourself. You should use your own emotional intelligence to see that there's a workload there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was pitching here. You see, and of course, you have the cute guys out there in PJ go along. They say, ah, you're better at that stuff than I am. But then you have the even cuter guys who go along and they make an attempt to do it, but they deliberately get it wrong. Then ourselves comes along and says, oh, for God's sake, look, I knew you'd make a mess of it. Leave it alone or you'll do it. And the man goes away chuckling to himself. Oh, John! You, you've <laughs> not. You, you, correct me if I'm wrong. You, you haven't been married yourself, no. 
No, I've been in many relationships yeah. and I've been one or two more before I pick off. <laughs> <laughs> but, but this, oh, so, so there are fellas who de- deliberately make a buzz or something to to be not oh, alone, not has to do it again, shot. like. Chalk it on. I, I know the guys. They deliberately go out of their way to make a mess of it, and and to be seen to make a mess of it. And of course, as you said, the women it kicks them still. Oh, for God's sake! I knew you'd mess it up. Oh, I'm sorry. Look, leave it alone. I'll do it. My and mother was right again. about you. You useless son. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, the next I mean, one. It's, it's, bloody, it's bloody unfair, like I mean, because like, especially if more people are working. I mean, you come in, you both have to pitch in. Like, why should you leave it to the the, the woman, like, to do the work? Like, and you sit in your backside. But you know, on, on a more serious note, I, I did talk to someone. I remember a pal of mine who who, who lost his wife quite young, mm-hmm. and yeah. talking to him a year or two later, Jesus, he said the hardest thing to learn to do was keep the house clean. Well, I tell you, it's only like when a relationship breaks down, like God forbid the worst of all is uh, obviously if somebody passes away, but if there's divorce or whatever, separation, it's only then a lot of people, men realize, what in the name of God was I doing, you know what I mean? Why didn't I pitch in when I think of the amount of work that my wife is to do, you know? No. It's only then the penny drops, you know? I know. It is. It is. John, take care. Maybe we'll talk this out of Christmas again. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety. Don't there a thing. Make a complete mess of something deliberately, so she'll do it anyway. That wouldn't be, wouldn't be in my nature. No, it wouldn't be in my nature. Stop it. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Right, quickly, one more lash off of this for magical Blarney. Two hundred and fifty euro vouchers ready on it. You are a very beautiful young lady. There you go. What are those sounds? The song. The movie and the sound effect. We'll have a competition winner in mere minutes. Joe at Joseph's Hair Salon. What a day you had. Good morning, my friend. It went well for you. Jay, how are you? Great altogether. What a day. What a day. What a day, PJ. It was absolutely crazy. We had so many guests and their children, and it was fantastic. This was, your, this was your annual event now. You just. This was my annual event, yeah. We had Santi with the choir. We had. We had gone with up to about 70 arrived between kids and mothers for Middell House, Coonley, different areas and different services. PJ and everybody went away with a full bag of stuff between ties, pajamas, selection boxes, cosmetics from from pharmacies, and all day then planned was put on hot food. PJ, you wouldn't believe what they did. Because the salon is too small to hold all those people, so Flannery's barely in with them. Now, don't say that too much because they mightn't come in, the customers. It is very small, Peter. We can fit about 200 in that seat. 200? <laughs> Two people. Um, no, but PJ, they were amazing. And Flannery's and the staff yeah. were unbelievable. You see, it's just hot food all day, PJ. They get coffees, they get, they get tea, they get sandwiches, they get cocktails, sausages, the whole lot, spring rolls. And John Gaffney was amazing. But, yeah. Peter, we got an amazing amount of stuff to Nisha. And that's thanks to you and your listeners. Mm-hmm. You're amazing. And everybody, even, even the service will ring me up now, Peter, so just saying, Joe, thanks so much. You're very, you're, very, you're very kind to say that, Joe. But what it is, an awful lot of them, is they flock to you because of the, you've been doing this for years. And it's got, I just tell people that it's on and, and they come to you and, and they give because you and Darren have been doing this now for a number of years and, and, and people are very proud of you for it. I, and PJ, I'm very proud of people of Cork too that are amazing. You just ask and you receive like they're brilliant. But there is a lot of people out there in need. 
um, PJ, absolutely, at the moment. Even I'm still getting phone calls from people. Any chance I missed the event, any chance you could help me, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and hopefully you can, you, you, you will, you can oh, yeah. help out I as many as you possibly can. Left over, PJ, yeah. But as for the other conversation, PJ, when I was a kid, if I didn't do everything at home, my mother would clatter the head off. <laughs> I said to wash, polish, iron. When I moved out and into a flat, PJ, I could do everything. <laughs> Every single thing. Yeah. Train your kids. There's a lot of mammy's boys out there, and you can see the need to be clipped around here when their kids go up and hoover the house, tidy a room. There's no way I'd have got away with that as a kid. Do you know what? When I got married, I had absolutely, and it wasn't my mother's fault, it was my fault. I had no idea what I was doing. That ever was. Oh, yeah. No, that was your mother's fault. It was my fault. I was the youngest of seven, PJ, and there were six boys, so can you imagine us? <laughs> and I had to start to polish then the older brother's shoes for Saturday night. Have your shoes shining for when they go off to the cinema on a date or something like that. Yeah. yeah. I think it was cruelty, actually. You <laughs> could <send> another <laughs> half of there talking about yeah. Listen, Joe, well done once again from Joe the hairdresser. Joseph's hair salon out in Glasheen, himself and Darren have been doing that for years now. They're a huge event on uh, Sunday. I will talk again to him uh, before Christmas um, because of the charity work that he does. Lastly, and very, very quickly, where am I going? To Balafihan. Eileen Bourne, tell me what these are. Hi, DJ. Firstly, it's Royal Kerry. All I want for Christmas is you. Gotcha. Miracle oh, on 34th Street. Beautiful. And oh, a snowball. A snowball. Oh, I like that one. I like that one. <laughs> I was wrong on it. I actually thought it was a cracker, but it's a snowball. Yeah. And you're correct. Yeah. 100% correct. Oh. All right. You have got a 250 euro voucher for oh, Blarney Woolen Mills. Go out there and enjoy magical Blarney and bring the family and have some fun. Eileen Bourne in Balfahan, our latest winner. She's back with their lads in case you need any more details. And that's it. We're right rammed up against it. Program edited by Imro Hay, produced and researched today by Richard Vickery. Put your podcasts up ASAP. Loads of them today. And we'll talk to you tomorrow just after nine. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cox 96 FM. We're playing all your favorite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96 FM. Christmas! Christmas with your local maze. Making your Christmas extra special with festive offers.